welcome. What's going on, friends? Um, I am here uh, to do a little U.S. Open early first look pod. Uh, we're kind of obviously a bit ahead of schedule. Was going to put this out this weekend. I talked to my guy here, and I'm like, you know what? Let's just go ahead and and let it fly live. So if anyone is in here and wants to drop a comment or a question for Steven, by all means do it. I'm fired up. I can't wait for story, Steve. Um, to further introduce my guest, Mr. Stephen Hennessy has joined us today. Um, Department manager at Golf Digest, oversees the 100 greatest courses in the U.S. committee, uh, host of the Be Right podcast with our guy Chris Powers and Alex over there. They were generous enough to have me on once. Uh, Twitter handles S underscore Hennessy. Did I get that right? What's going on, pal? Good to see you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Joe. Pumped. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we had you on on our show, so happy to to you know reciprocate. And yeah, I mean, Tori, you know, I think for everyone of our generation, this is like the golf tournament. Obviously, you know, Tiger, Pebble, um, and you know, some of the Masters, obviously. But you know, I just remember so vividly watching the Monday playoff, and uh, I mean, Rocco Media, just legendary. So you know, to go back there for U.S. Open, it's going to be awesome. So, anyways. It's so vivid. Probably like yeah. the greatest Monday of golf I've ever watched, right? We oh. had Goliath, who was hobbled, quite literally hobbled, uh, double fracture in the left leg, shows yeah. up limping all around. And we have, I believe, 45-year-old Rocco, fresh off of back surgery, uh, peace sign, belt buckle and all. And he has the <laughs> balls, the stones to wear red and black. Uh, it was just awesome television. They, they yeah. par, I think they both shot even par 71 after 18 holes, took it to a 19th hole. The drama was all there. We'll get to that in a second, but first, um, what's up guys. I want to tell you about Jack market. Steve, have you tried Jack market? I have been very tempted because, you know, I talk to Rick all the time. I watch you describe it and I, I watch your guys power hour. I, I, I have to get in the mix. Dude, it's it. awesome. It's awesome. We have a new promo code that I have going below. It's the promo code DROP. Forget the numbers. It's just straight up power, right? Use the promo code POWER. Um, use the promo code PL. Either one will work. And what they will do is give you a 100% match up to 50 bucks. So you deposit 30 bucks, they'll give you 30. You deposit 50, they'll give you 50. That's kind of the max they'll do. But there's some free money to kind of get you started. It's awesome. Basically, it's, it's fantasy sports meets the stock market. Um, all players have a share price. I do the show here at 815 and a little bit with Rick Gaiman. So it's a ton of fun. Uh, if you haven't gotten involved yet, nice little promo code below. But that said, we're here to talk U.S. Open. Um, but listen, I got to ask you first, man, because I got you here. Hundreds, hundred greatest courses in America. Like how what are the perks that come with that? Do you just show up anywhere and like flash a badge and be like, get me on to Augusta. I want a one o'clock tea time with lunch and a beverage in the cart or what? Man, I wish. No, Augusta, uh, that invite has not come yet. Uh, I, I have been very fortunate to have played now 31 of our hundred greatest, which, um, you know, I know I'm, I'm very fortunate and lucky to have done that. Um, and, and the nice thing is, so we have 1,900 course panelists around the country who evaluate the courses for us. And, you know, a lot of them are members at some nice places. So they'll have me out to their club. So it does come with some perks, but uh, I'm very careful about it because, 
you know, I'm representing our brand and, you know, all that comes with it. So uh, definitely some perks, but uh, no, I can't call up Pine Valley and say, hey, you know, I'm coming with a couple foursomes and yeah. you know, they, they would laugh at me just as they laugh at anybody else who tried to do that. Do you want to be number one next year or what? Like, let me off. <laughs> <laughs> My oh, buddies okay. always joke the same thing. Like, man, just call them up. Like, we're in this area. You know, can't you just call them? Like, no. Um, you know, we're going to do this the right way. And if we happen to get an invite, we'll do it. And like I said, we've been, we've been pretty lucky in that regard, but yeah, it, it is a lot of fun. Incredible. Well, listen, I noticed one course that isn't on there, but that's what we're here to talk about today. And it's Torrey Pines in particular, the South course, 121st us open. We talked about all the drama that came about 13 years ago. Um, you like drama. We got plenty of it this year. Tell me like, what are your favorite sort of storylines coming into this week? What are you looking for? Like what, what's, what's the uh, target at, at over at golf digest on sort of hot button topics right now, heading into this U S open. Yeah. I mean, first about the course, it's interesting to me that this is kind of like the last stand of Reese Jones. That was our magazine article in our U S open preview issue, because you know, everyone knows Reese Jones as the open doctor. He, uh, you know, kind of redesigned all these great venues of the 90s and 2000s and, you know, Torrey Pines being one of them back in before 2008, um, before Beth Page, which hosted the U.S. Open. I'm rocking the, the Beth Page shirt since I'm close to it here uh, in Jersey. So that's like the, the East Coast version of Torrey. You know, Torrey's obviously public. If you're a San Diego resident, you can play for 70 bucks. So I just love that. But um, Reese Jones, this is kind of like the last course that um is kind of in his uh ballpark now we're kind of transitioning to this era of uh course designers who are kind of going back to the original design intent of all these classic courses whereas reese jones you know took a course and really wanted to make it as penal and demanding as possible so that's what we have at Tory. It's, you know, and everyone kind of knows it, but it's, you know, hitting it long and straight. And there's a huge penalty. If you miss the fairway, there's, you know, this huge rough. Uh, I think it'll be at least four inches this week, if not longer. Um, and then, you know, around the greens, if you miss the green, you know, there's hazards all over. He did a lot of work to the bunkers. Um, and then the greens too, it's, you know, making sure you, you hit to a certain area of the green. That's, uh, that's kind of their design team's philosophy. So, and obviously some small, really small greens at Tory. So, um, you know, it's a, a proper test, at least a proper test of what we knew uh, the U.S. Open and be over the last 20 years or so. So I think it's interesting in that regard that we're kind of like, this is one of the last courses of its kind uh, in terms of championship venues. Yeah. In terms of the course, I think that it will be quite interesting, right? Because, we're familiar with Tory. Like we mm -hmm. see it every January, but you know, when Mike Davis and his crew show up in the summer, it tends to be like nothing that you're used to seeing year to year basis. Do you like, do you think there's anything we can take from the farmer's insurance open in terms of applying, you know, what indicators there were for success there around the green game approach game? Do you think we can kind of cross those over here and and look at people who are doing the same things well or is it just a whole new ball game next week yeah i mean i feel like whereas other courses they do a lot of things differently when it's a major week um you know pebble comes to mind that 
you know, they add so much length to that for the um, for the U.S. Open when it's there. Uh, you know, the rough is some is down so much typically for the uh, mm -hmm. for the pro am compared to the U.S. Open. But you know, at the farmers, they have thick rough. It's three inches typically. So you know, I think that's that's pretty similar, and I think it's going to play very similar. So when I'm beginning to do my handicapping, I'm I'm definitely looking at farmers. You know, to see who plays well. Uh, year in and year out, and we have all this great data. So I, I think uh, I think you got to start there. I think that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I think you. I agree. I think you have to start there. Um, I'm kind of looking like I'm not going to wait course history so much. Like if a guy isn't playing, hasn't played well at the Farmers before, I'm not going to totally write him off. Like mm -hmm. like Brooks, for instance, has I don't think he's broken par in his last seven or eight rounds here. Uh, but I'm not going to write him off because the things that do lead to people winning at the farmers, he's doing pretty well right now. So like mm -hmm. I'm looking at those sort of, you know, from a course history standpoint, I'm not relying on it, but I'm looking at what has made people successful here in the past. The other thing is like, do we, is it possible to just look at past U S opens? And even though they're at a totally different course being like, you know, for me, it's predominantly like, distance right like you want to win a u.s open you better hit it far like do we go back sort of through aaron hills and in in these other courses and in pebble um and even last year at wingfoot and look at what made people success just on a u.s open setup even though it's at a different course yeah i, I think i would um and you know a lot of the courses you mentioned some of them are a little different so like aaron hills you know I don't know as much because the greens are so big there. I think Pebble's a great comparison because the size of the greens are similar The you know, the POA greens. So um, I think you got to look at Pebble for sure. And yeah, I think Wingfoot even, you know, obviously distance um, and, and hitting it out of the rough. We saw Bryson do that so well. I, I think we're, we're going to see a similar, um, you know, key to success here. So yeah, I think that's a good call. I would, I would definitely go back through like the last three or four U S opens and, um, yeah, I think that's a, another good starting point. Are you a narrative guy, Steve? Like, are we are we buying some of like the the you know? So there's a ton of narratives, right? There's more than we can like handle. We have Xander sort of returning home. Mm -hmm. We have fifty next week, fifty one year old Phil Mickelson coming off of a major championship, heading like still chasing that dream of a U.S. Open. We've got you know a chance for Patrick Reed to sort of return to the place where his name got muddled. We've got Rom, a little bit of redemption factor there. Like, like, what are you, do you buy into that kind of stuff? And how do you weight that when you're trying to sort of handicap it and isolate a winner? Yeah. I mean, I'm a journalist by nature, so I gotta be a narrative guy that's in my blood. Um, and you know, you root for the storylines and I'm a golf fan. So it's, it is hard to, to kind of remove that from the stats. And, uh, you know, I know you, you do a decent job of looking at the narrative too, and, and allowing that to kind of come into your handicap a little bit, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's hard not to ignore, you know, Patrick Reed coming back here after what happened. Um, and he, you know, he was, he did so well here, uh, in January. So I think again, he's not getting the respect at 35 to one, you know, he, a lot of people are going to give him uh, a hard, hard look there. Um, man, we got to talk about John Rahm too, because I mean, it's so interesting. He, 
you know, he has this positive COVID test. And yeah. what's interesting to me is now since he's in quarantine, he may not be able to show up to Torrey Pines because he's under that 10 day quarantine until um, possibly Wednesday, because if you take, you know, those 10 days um, at least till Tuesday. So, you know, how that affects him and is he able to practice based off of, you know, if he's quarantining, you know, by what we think quarantining is, maybe he's not able to practice. Is he still in Ohio? Like, has he been able to hop on a NetJets plane and like get back? Like, this is crazy. We're talking about the favorite of the golf tournament. You know, everyone thought Rom was like a lock at at Torrey Pines, and now like, what's the deal there? It's crazy. I wonder how how you're kind of looking at it too, dude. And it's the thing is like, it's it's ten days. Is that the rule? As as far as so. you know. So essentially, so. like what I'm kind of thinking of is when they, in a way, you know, of course, I'm not going to say he's, he was, it was a terrible circumstance for him in terms of having to basically give away a million dollars plus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same token, had that happened on Sunday, like, is he fortunate a little bit that that did happen on Saturday? Because had that happened on Sunday, 10 days puts him essentially right at Thursday and he would have been like gotten zero practice in. So yeah, it's interesting. The favorite here obviously got his sort of breakthrough win here at Torrey. Mm-hmm. He was going to like, he was torching Muirfield. Like, I don't know that we've ever seen someone do um, switch putters, which I think was a huge benefit for him. Uh, there's so many good players at the top that I don't, I just usually not a guy that typically bets the favorite mm-hmm. is kind of my take on it. But the other two guys, let's talk about the two guys right below him. Um, we've seen the battle on social media. Will we see Steve Hennessy? Will we see the battle head to head? Like, are they going to put these two guys in the ring together or are we going to have to wait longer? Oh my God. Bryson and Brooks, obviously I'm talking about. Right. I'm I'm begging the USGA, please, please put Bryson and Brooks together. That it would be amazing. Like probably nothing would even happen. Like they'll shake hands and you know, people will just be going nuts at Tory, but just you know, for the extra eyeballs, because it's been a sport it's been a story that's transcended uh golf and you know, sports fans are like, you know, what's going on with these golfers? So man, I hope so. I think I think there's a decent chance that I know that the USGA is thinking about doing it, whether they actually do it. I, Feinberg made this point uh, a couple of weeks ago when I was chatting with him. He's like, it could just be too much of a distraction mm-hmm. and the USGA might end up not doing it. And I thought that was a good point. So it was a fair point. Definitely. Yeah. I don't know. I, I hope it happens though. I mean, we have a couple of the most recent, uh, you know, major mm-hmm. champions the, the last couple um, US open champions. So please, Please let it happen. Like for me, these two are the guys in a sense of of capturing not only eyeballs on the PGA Tour on a level that John Rahm still hasn't been able to do. But like every I feel like everything that Bryson did two maybe it was three years ago to sort of put on this weight, put on this distance, like everything was geared toward this is what, like, this is how I'm going to win U.S. Opens, right? Mm -hmm. Like, his game is tailor-made for this type of setup when it plays difficult. And we know Brooks, like, you stick him in any major, especially one that's going to play tough, especially one that's going to be somewhat close to a round-level par. And I don't know that there's a better player on the planet. They go about it in so many different ways. If I asked you 
to pick one on a Wednesday before the week of the U.S. Open? Like, who do you give the advantage to here? Like, who do you think? I would, I would say probably Brooks, um, you know, just because – and Bryson played decent at the PGA too. Uh, mm-hmm. Just had a couple blowups. But, yeah, I mean, Brooks, it just feels like has a bit more of the complete game at this point, like the approach play – I would give an advantage to him over Bryson, and and I just kind of always go back to that. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm leaning between those two. I don't know. Anyone who's followed me long enough knows where I stand on the path. So I'll be on Team Brooks. I'll always be on Team Brooks, but I'm excited for it. I love it. I like Bryson, too. I'm glad that he's kind of engaged Brooks in this. Look, Brooks Kepka needs the chip. I talked to Chad about this on Monday. Like, he anything that you can throw at him to add a little bit of gas in the tank, he's going to take and he's going to run with it. And, and Bryson provided that. So this is exactly what he needed. Um, I just hope that they put them two together. I know. Let's shift over. You know what? I'm going to bring up here. Let me see if I do this right. I'm missing our normal producer, Mr. Chad Eckert tonight. There we go. Okay. So I have DraftKings Sportsbook up. I just want to kind of, you know, and, and it's, we're early, right, Steve? Like, we're, we don't have to dial in picks right now, but I just kind of want to, like, when you look at sort of the top of the board here, um, basically ROM down to speed. is there anything that, like, an early lean or something that sticks out to you? So I'll basically give the guys, in case it's hard to read, it's ROM, Bryson, Rory, JT, DJ, Brooks, Xander, Jordan Spieth, all under 15 to 1. That seems like a lot of guys there. Um, any early sort of inclinations on your end? Um, I, I feel like Rory's kind of getting forgotten about a little bit. The 12 to one here at DraftKings is, is tough. I'm seeing some, some bigger numbers. So, mm-hmm. um, like an 18 to one at Rory. And, you know, when you're talking about needing to drive it long and, and straight, you know, we, we just saw him do it at Quail Hollow. So I think he, like I said, he's, kind of being forgotten a bit. And I, I think this course does set up well for him. Um, and then Xander too, obviously you mentioned the, you know, the San Diego storyline, um, you know, and he played better uh, at the farmers this year. So yeah, that's going to be interesting sure. to me. Yeah. So I don't know. I think those two would be the guys that jump out and Spieth is interesting too. I, I just don't know that he's long enough, you know, I mean, he's plenty long, but um you know, that, that's kind of been – if you could pick out a flaw of the best player in the world in 2021, it's probably the off-the-tee game, and I think that's that's probably the most important thing here. So that's probably – and I've been betting Spieth pretty much at every tournament. So, um, yeah, that, that's where I am. Yeah, I would agree. He's totally back, right? Yes. Uh, but I don't know that he's back in the sense of I'm ready to bet him sub-15 to 1 in a right. U.S. Open level back. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one, like you mentioned Xander, and it's just hard for me to get there because you have all these other guys with notches in the belt and who yeah. we've seen done it for, and he's being priced and almost getting credit for being um, for having some of those victories and being on the same level. We know that he has all the tools in the game. Uh, he struggled at the Farmers in the past. I don't think it's like – you know, I don't think it's an issue of, you know, I got to get tickets for my eighth grade teacher and my high school girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? It's it's right. just like it, things just haven't aligned. And maybe uh, maybe it's just not a great course setup for him. But to price him there with Brooks and with DJ, um, 
it just it I, I can't I want to bet him one of these weeks, but I can never get myself to the point where I feel like there's any value in that number. Yeah, I'm that with you. I mean, you can make the case for five more guys in this elite, you know, category than than Xander. So yeah, it's tough. You know, we're big fans of Xander, but at, at this number, probably not. Let me get to a quick question here from our guy Stewie. Um, Scott Stewart, he's the man if you don't know him. Does this course set up well for a left-handed player? It's interesting, like, there seems to be a lack of, like, a great lefty right now. Like, I'm scrolling down the board, and the first one that I even come to is, you know, I'm still going looking for a lefty is Phil at 50-1. to Like, is this is this a course where you can see it favoring a particular handed player or a particular shot shape, like a draw or a cut? You know, so many of these holes are just long and straight that I don't think it totally matters. But, you know, we've seen lefties win. I mean, Phil has how many wins here? Three. Um, yeah. A couple of runners up to Bubba won here in 2011, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, I don't know. And Bubba at a U.S. Open is a little that's a scary thought. And yeah. Phil, I mean, I would have said, you know. A month ago, Phil at a U.S. Open's a scary thought. And 50-1, to 1, now he's finally getting the respect, not like the 200-1 before he won the PGA. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this venue in particular, I don't think it uh, I don't think it matters, you know, righty or lefty. What about, like, who's a candidate that you like for really a breakthrough victory? Like, I've arrived. I'm here. I'm with the big boys. I'll give you a couple names. Like mm-hmm. we have Victor Hovland. Um, we have Tony Fee now. You've got Will Zalatoris. You can even maybe throw like a Scheffler and a Neiman in the mix. Guys that are really playing well and we're used to, like guys like us are familiar with them. But I think mainstream, the people who watch golf only on a Sunday afternoon, like it'd be shocking if one of these guys won to these people. Who, like, who do you think? Is it Vic? I mean, it's tough not to say Vic, you know, I yeah. mean, had the runner up here uh, in January and, um, you know, he drives it long, drives it straight. The short game's improved. Um, it's uh, tough not to make an argument for Hovland and Scheffler, too. I, f- I feel like Scheffler always kind kind of gets forgotten in this conversation with all the young guns because Morikawa, you know, has done so much. Um, yeah, Scheffler, you know, popped at Memorial, you know, almost kind of got it done. And I think his, his strength is really the driving. When, whenever you see a course um, where you need to hit it long and straight, that that's where Scheffler really succeeds. So those two guys, I think for me are, uh, I'm probably going to be tempted to bet both of them. So that's, I'm probably going to do that after we're done here. I'm going to just go and, and bet it. Early lines. Yeah. I think if you're looking now, like a lot of these guys, I don't think it hurts necessarily to wait next week because you know, I think a lot of it starts to get competitive between sportsbook and that really ratchets up the week of a major and you may see different books offer different lines. I'm using DraftKings Sportsbook right now just because it kind of goes along with our color scheme here. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you can you can search it anywhere. I, the guys in the mid tier, I know you mentioned Patrick Reed earlier, but that's mm-hmm. where I feel like I've always felt that the bulk of the value, if you're going to win over the course of say a year betting golf and and look at it kind of from a macro level, you've got to really nail this 25 to 50 range. Is it, you know, is there anyone sort of in that spectrum that you see that, that you think sets up well for Torrey Pines? 
Yeah, I mean, we mentioned Vic. Uh, Finau is just, you know, it, it's what do we do there? Oh, can we bet him? It's tough for me to quit him. I mean, I've already, <laughs> you know, I'm already thousands in the hole on Tony Finau. So, what's another, you know, 50 bucks? If it's his breakthrough win, I don't know. It, it's a venue that should suit his game, right? Long, straight. Yeah. But oh, I feel like almost every venue on the PGA yes. Tour should shoot his game. How he's not gotten it done at this point, is it something? I I don't want to say what I think. Is there a, is do you believe that there's a, a clutch gene in golf, so to speak, in guys that just have the ability to close and guys that don't have the ability to close? Maybe it's pressure, maybe it's just not within their competitive spirit to really get this done. Or is it just simply, hey, I've given I just gotta give myself enough chances and it's a little bit of luck involved. And it's, you know, if Max Homa doesn't get up and down from the middle of a tree right. stump, then I won at Riviera. And this is all put to bed. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. where do you I mean, fall kind of on that? Is, is that something real that we can kind of weigh into to picking guys? I think it's definitely real. I think, you know, Fino at Riviera, I, I was on him there. I feel like, obviously, the putt in the playoff was bad. He didn't even get it there. Um, that was brutal. That was like Lexi Thompson-esque from this last weekend. But – I feel like he he played well enough to win. Like if like you said, if Homa doesn't pull the up and down, of, you know, of this world, if Tony Fina is the winner, and we're having a different conversation. Um, but this has happened so many times to him that it's probably fair to have that conversation. Fina probably wouldn't even uh, debate you about it. That you know he knows he hasn't gotten it done. So I, I think that's a definite thing. Um, but then yeah, I mean, guys get wins and get credit for them by kind of luck balling into it you know so it, it kind of goes both ways um i, I still think you know i'm a, I'm a fina believer I, I think it's only a matter of time i don't know if it's the u.s open but it's gonna happen it has to be only a matter of time come on tony yeah. um yeah. anything we, that you like like really like super not super long shots because it's obviously a major championship but do you see anything um, here, I'll kind of just pull up some numbers so that we can kind of look through them um, down in this. Oh, here's a guy I want to ask you about. You heard anything? You know, you're in the know. You heard anything about my guy, Matt Wolf? What's what's going on there? Is he going to play? Is he alive? Like, what's happening? <laughs> I think he's alive. I, I think there is a, uh, a photo of him at like an Oklahoma State golf uh event like a couple weeks ago so we we got a, a wolf sighting so he's mm -hmm. with us still um i don't know man I, I think he'll play like the fact he hasn't withdrawn yet um i think he'll be there and i i think interestingly tory pines was where he got that wrist injury originally in the in in the winter so um mm -hmm. Yeah, I hope, you know, I, I think he's going through some some mental stuff. You know, it's tough. Like, he would have been a senior in college this year. And, like, you know, it could be lonely, especially with COVID, traveling the PGA Tour when you're kind of, like, in lockdown and not able to do anything. And you're, you know, should be a senior in college. That, that's definitely tough. So, um, yeah. it's no crazy. Doubt. It's brutal. Like, where normally these guys would go out and have a good time on the road, mm -hmm. he's pretty much been stuck inside of a hotel room. So, right. Yeah, I remember seeing some quotes like early on, like I think it was even from his mom, who's like, when mm -hmm. Matthew is playing well, like he is the most fun, energetic person to be around. And we saw, we saw that from him. Like we saw yeah. it at the 3M. 
We saw it even to a degree at wing foot. Like he gets, he's, he's very cultivating and gets people really behind him and believing him. And it's fun to root for, but when things are going South, um, just sort of hasn't had the knack thus far. He's so young. It's really hard to, to knock him for it, but hasn't been able to rebound. Um, anyone like, like, uh, how about like Leishman or Woodland? Like Leishman, a guy who's won here before, who's played well really recently, um, you know, top five at the Masters. And then Woodland, obviously, who seems to have a little bit of resurgence to his game, won the U.S. Open on the West Coast over there uh, two or three years ago when it was at Pebble. So any love for for any of those guys or anyone else down there in this range you think could have a shot? Yeah, both of those guys, you know, like we said, I think Farmers, you know, is a good comparison to Leishman. Um, you know, he's so good out of this thick rough, um, the Kikuya rough, uh, you know, the Australians love the stuff. Uh, and Woodland, too. I, I like both of them. I, I like another name at that 66 to 1 uh, range. Shane Lowry has been playing mm-hmm. great golf under the radar and ball striking wise. Um, you know, he's as good as anybody, you know, in that range right now, I think it's 66 to one is great value. So, um, you know, it would not surprise me if he, you know, top tens, I think a top 10 bet once that market comes out, uh, is decent. So buying me some Shane Lowry too. Love it. Played awesome at the Memorial last week. Seems to really be sort of returning to form. And you look at these guys like, um, Woodland and Lowry, like, recent like not even just major champions but recent major champions so Mm -hmm. i think that that carries a level of confidence with it um you know i like them both i think that i would probably just lean woodland at this point Mm -hmm. and i like gary right i want to root for him so i think that if you can get up 66 80 to one um let me see our guy here's our boy coming in here with his pick fleetwood chris (laughs) Uh, he, he's been in Fleetwood this week at Congaree, which is, I mean, is he? I would bet him to miss the cut, I think. I, I don't think this is the venue what for do you it. Think this, what do you think this week? Give me a take on this week because you've obviously played it recently. Mm-hmm. Um, or do you think like guys, Brooks and, Jay, and DJ at the top, or it's just a, a tune-up week for them and it's like going down to the minor leagues and get a few hacks in and move it on? Or where, where do you stand on this week? Yeah, I think – DJ, I would take DJ over Brooks. Um, I think DJ has a little more to prove to himself where his game's at, whereas uh, Brooks, you know, he he's obviously eyeing up the U.S. Open. So I would pick Brooks to miss the cut. That's like plus 300 I've I found. I'm, I'm, I'm betting that. I, I really think, um, you know, this could just be a quick uh, – eject week gets to Tory. Um, you know, the game's in such good form, you know, he's thirsty for another major, um, yeah. and being in the middle of nowhere, South Carolina, uh, you know, probably, probably not great and such a different kind of test, you know, no rough. Everyone's talked about it. Um, and yeah. it's true. So I don't think it's a week for Brooksy. Yeah. It's unfortunate because the course looks really cool and I'm, I'm yeah. super excited for it, but it's just unfortunate that it, fell where it did i think on the schedule we may not be able to appreciate it with some of the best players playing the weekend like we would have hoped um but all roads lead to tory next week should be a fantastic event i can't wait for the 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 drone shots at tory that they love where it feels like you're hang gliding through the fairway awesome uh we've got all the drama you could possibly ask for steve i appreciate you for joining me uh tell everyone sort of before you get out of here where they can find you um online yeah, thanks. Uh, 
So S underscore Hennessy GD on Twitter, Instagram, but that's just, you know, a lot of pictures of, of me uh, playing nice golf courses. If you're, if you're into that and my wife, of course. Um, yeah. And, you know, obviously golfdigest.com, the, the be right podcast that I do with that knucklehead, Christopher powers and Alex Myers. Um, and then all the instruction equipment and golf course content at golfdigest.com. I kind of had my finger on. So, um, but what I love is the gambling stuff and, uh, I'm, I've just enjoyed kind of being in this community and, um, you know, getting to know guys like yourself who are, you know, actually good at this. Like, I, I don't think I'm, I'm good. I, I've just like kind of, I know how to listen very well. My parents always told me that I have a knack for listening. So, um, that's kind of what I've tried to do. And, uh, it, it's just fun. So thanks for having me, buddy. This is great. That's very kind of you to say. Unfortunately, if you've been doing it for long enough, you eventually hit a hot streak and then cool off. So we go through the ebbs and flows. Can't wait for the U.S. Open. Thank you for joining us, Steve. Uh, Thank you, anyone who stopped by to check this out. I'll retweet it again this weekend as it'll probably be more affable content by then. Um, You know, everyone's so into Congaree this week. Best of luck to you. Best of luck, guys. We'll see you soon. See ya.